Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. And the Lord said to me, if you don't start to pray for yourself, you aren't going to survive. And so I thought that was really interesting. And so I learned how to pray for myself. I learned scripture. I learned that praying for ourselves is not selfish. It's, It's absolutely vital. It is spiritually crucial that as women and caretakers and nurturers who multitask on different levels all throughout our days and our weeks and our months and our years and different seasons, it's critical that we pray for ourselves. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, friends. You know, worry, anxiety, and fear take up entirely too much space in most of our hearts, and the craziness of the past year has only fed that more. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. So how do we do that? How do we calm our anxious hearts? My friend Julie Gillis is the author of three books, including Prayers to Calm Your Anxious Heart. Her books help readers know God, know scripture, and know how to pray. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, Julie. Hey, Jill. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm glad to have you joining us. You know, a a lot of us know that Jesus promises peace, but why do you think that so many Christians, even if they know that, they still feel anxious? Well, that is a great question. And I can say that, you know, after living through the last year, year and a half, we've noticed anxiety levels in our own hearts just increasing, increasing, increasing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think, first of all, as Americans, I think we're unaccustomed, or at least we were before the last year and a half. I think we were unaccustomed to the levels of fear that have been in our news, they have dominated the headlines, the realities that we've had to face. And so we are accustomed to and even expect certain levels of tranquility in our lives. I mean, that's our preference, Mm -hmm. right? Don't we all want lives Mm -hmm. of peace and we want everything to go smoothly and sort of be in our control. And the last year has shown us that's all a facade. We have absolutely no control over anything. (laughs) So, um, I take great comfort in what Jesus said in John 16, 33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Mm. And I love the Amplified Classic Version. I'm actually going to read that for you. It says, um, John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence 
In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I've overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. And so those words are like balm to our souls. They help us also with divine perspective. Like, okay, we want, we want perfect lives, but the reality is we will have trouble in this world. So our perspective shifts away from unrealistic to, okay, here's what Jesus himself said to us. So I think that helps immensely. Mm. So really kind of what you're saying is I think sometimes the the reason we don't have peace is because we have unrealistic expectations of what life is going to look like. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know even for myself, I struggle with unrealistic expectations. And honestly, I think as Americans, a lot of us do. Let's face it, we have the highest um, level of living standards worldwide. Mm -hmm. We, Mm -hmm. we are accustomed to food on the grocery store shelves. When we walk in, I think a lot of us experienced last year, the opposite of that. You know, I walked into stores and there was no meat. um, There was no bread. There was no toilet paper. We all lived through that. And so we, it, it rocked our world. And our right. expectations were were dashed and we had to scramble. Right, right. So when people say, okay, so I pray, but bad things keep happening. Mm-hmm. When when they say that, I mean, what is our, what what is the response to that? Because it sounds like the response is, yes, that's what's going to happen in this world. <laughs> yeah. You know, our familiarity with scripture will really help us with this. If we are familiar, even just reading the Psalms, um, what King David talked about, his enemies being after him, all the things that he dealt with, all the attacks that he dealt with, people trying to kill him, um, running for his life. um, And he prayed. And I know it's really distressing when we pray, especially when we pray for a long time and Mm -hmm. we know God is able to answer us. But he chooses not to in that time. It's very, it can be very disheartening. It can even be discouraging. But we need to remember um, that God still cares. A delayed answer or even the answer no doesn't mean he doesn't care. There's a scripture that says that God cares about the anguish of our soul. Actually, it's Psalm 31 7. It says, I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love, for you have seen my troubles. And you care about the anguish of my soul. And so when we pray and bad things keep happening, we have to remember that we're not alone, that God is with us, that he cares immensely about what we're going through. And then we have to also remember what Jesus himself said to us. He said to ask and keep asking. We can't just ask once. I think I think we have this idea sometimes that, okay, I prayed about that. I prayed about that. And sometimes we can even take the stance of tapping our toe, you know, like, okay, (laughs) where is it? I'm waiting here. What, what's the deal? But almost like God's a vending machine and you're waiting for it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And honestly, I think God is often more interested in developing godly character in us. Yes. 
and and helping us to walk out perseverance and tenacity and and learn how how hard it is and how beautiful it is to persevere in the spirit and pray without ceasing. And mm-hmm. so I think um, as Americans, because we haven't often had to do that, maybe we just aren't familiar with it and we need to grow in that area. But our mm. job, our job is to pray and then trust God with the timing and the outcome. And that's so easy to say, and that's not easy to live out, but that's the reality. Right. Right. So oftentimes um, our anxiety may actually be fueled by us not really knowing God well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, there's no way that we can fully know God because he is beyond right. our comprehension. But yeah. there's so many times that, you know, someone will say something um, like, you know, I think God's punishing me in, you know, for, for mm-hmm. this thing. Does God allow consequences to happen? Yes. yes. Is he a pun? Is his heart a punishing God? Yeah. No. So oftentimes it's our misperceptions in our mm-hmm. mind, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and so sometimes our anxiety has trouble calming down because of what we believe about God. So what would you say is one is um, some very practical next steps that someone can take to know God better. Mm-hmm. I think the key to knowing God is knowing scripture, is knowing the author of the word. Like Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you point to the scriptures and you think by them you have eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. And mm-hmm. so when we know scripture, when we begin to gain an understanding of it and and a super practical way to know scripture that's very doable is by getting a one-year Bible in whatever translation you like. It breaks it down into simple daily readings, usually 10 to 15 minutes, which is super doable. Mm-hmm. And in within a year, you've read through the whole Bible. You can actually even get a chronological one-year Bible, which puts things in a whole new perspective. For instance, I didn't know the book of Job happened at the same time as Genesis. So um, it was just really uh, puts it in a big picture perspective. Mm-hmm. But the point is that when we make that commitment to daily um, soak in God's word and to learn it and even commit it to memory, things that jump out, write it on an index card, memorize it. Then we begin to know the author, the Lord, our our good heavenly father, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then those wrong perceptions that we have are renewed because we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yes, 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 that is so very true. And, you know, I, I think about some of the dark seasons I've walked through mm-hmm. and or even just difficult circumstances. So one mm-hmm. time uh, when our youngest was a um, was a baby, he was a newborn, they mm-hmm. they thought that he had a defect in his um, in his spine and he needed to have a uh, MRI. But he was like three weeks old. Oh and 
Yeah. And so they were trying to do this MRI, but he was, you know, he's a baby. He's not sleeping. They, we, they mm-hmm. had to sleep deprive him so that oh. he would likely sleep through it. But guess who was sleep deprived? <laughs> his, Always mom. <laughs> his mother was. And, uh, and so anyway, he, um, finally the guy who was doing the MRI said to me, you know what? He said, this isn't working. The only way we're going to get this done is for you to lay on the MRI table and for you to lay him on you. Mm. And then, and then we can accomplish this because he'll probably go right to sleep on, on you. And, uh, now we're talking, this wasn't an open MRI. This was like a, a closed one. Oh. That's the tube. Okay. Oh, and it yes. And so it was like 45 minutes in a tube that Mm -hmm. I wasn't anticipating going into. Mm -hmm. And it's not just me. It's me with the baby on top of me. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, the anxiety started to go through Mm me. Mm -hmm. And I remember as it got started, I just started thinking, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's Philippians Mm -hmm. 4.13. And I started to emphasize every word in that that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ. Mm -hmm. And I literally did that for 45 minutes. And that that's carried me through and it calmed my anxiety and it settled my heart. So I totally understand what you are saying about the power of scripture. Mm -hmm. But if you hadn't known the word, you couldn't have dwelt on it. You couldn't have meditated on it. And if God's word, the scripture says, God's word is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So as you were declaring those words one at a time, that supernatural peace was right hovering over you, hovering over your precious newborn baby. You certainly didn't have time to prepare. It was completely unexpected. So you couldn't even like get your mind in the right place. You were Mm -mm. just shoved in there. (laughs) Yes, exactly. No, just like in the book of Daniel, when, when Daniel was thrown into that fiery furnace, that Christ was in there with him, just like he was in that MRI, that closed Mm. MRI with you, Mm -hmm. covering you, protecting you, protecting your baby. And that's what he does with us. We aren't in all of this anxiety alone because he's Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us. He's Mm -hmm. always right here with us, but knowing his word and being able to declare that scripture when unexpected situations pop up like that MRI is priceless. Yes, it is. It is. And, you know, uh, I, I agree with you. I, reading God's word is one of the best ways um, to do that. And, you know, I would say the other, another tool I sometimes use is um, when I'm struggling with something, when I'm struggling with an emotion, um, mm. when I'm struggling with a circumstance, I will often, I'll go out and Google, what does the Bible say about fear? Yeah. What does the Bible say about, and, and that it'll just usually give me some fabulous list of verses yes. that have something to do with whatever it is I'm walking through. Mm-hmm. Awesome idea. I love that because then you can jot those down. And Mm -hmm. if that's, especially if that's something that hits, I I think certain things hit us 
regularly. If sometimes you struggle with fear, sometimes it's anxiety, sometimes it's negative or critical thinking, whatever it is, that's an awesome idea. And I've done it myself. Just Google what scripture verses on fear, scripture verses on negative thinking. And I'll tell you what, that equips you and helps you to fight it. Yes, yes, it absolutely does. And you know, one of the things I'm also coming to understand is we have to learn how to be self-feeders when it Mm -hmm. comes to our spiritual walk. I think a lot of us are... Um, depending on others to feed us. Mm -hmm. So we're depending on what we get on Sunday morning, which is important, you know, at church or in a Mm -hmm. message that we went Mm -hmm. here. Um, We're, we're depending on um, signing up for a Bible study and getting it. And those are good. And they're going to be an important part of our journey, but we have to know how to access scripture. We have to know how to access truth in between those and outside of those and on our own. Mm -hmm. And so we have to learn how to feed ourselves. And don't you think a lot of that, there's a Bible verse that says, you know, when you were a baby, you drank milk. And as you get older, you eat meat. It's kind of the same way when we want someone to spoon feed us, we're Mm. still in the milk stage. But when we want some, when we recognize, oh, wait a minute, it's my job to feed myself. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. in the meat stage. Absolutely. You know, we are to walk out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And ultimately the responsibility is ours. It is ours to grow and mature in our faith. We aren't to remain infants in our faith. We need to grow in faith. And so we can even pray, Lord, help me to grow in my faith. Mm. Show me the steps to take. Help me to be diligent. Help me to develop a hunger and a yearning for your word, for worship, for prayer. Mm, Those Those are all critical. Yes. Yes. And and so let's, let's talk about prayer too, because I think a lot of times people think that prayer is it's kind of this formal thing. I mean, do we need to be uh, reverent? Uh, mm-hmm. Is there is that valuable? Absolutely. But yeah. prayer, there's nothing real formal about prayer. It's just talking to God, isn't it? Yes, it's a conversation and it's a two-way conversation. And I love how you put it. Yes, we need to be reverential. God is a holy God. He's an all-consuming fire. It's good to have that knowledge and that reverential respect and the fear of the Lord in our hearts. However, the word tells us that we can approach his throne of grace boldly. And so when we do that, he welcomes us with open Mm. arms. We don't have to be fearful. You know, we don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, no more perfect prayer lives, you know, to kind of go along (laughs) with your theme. Our prayers don't have to be perfect because then it's about the wording then it's about us and it's not about the Lord. And we can just come to him and have conversations. My prayer time this morning was in my bed. I woke up really early with a lot of things on my mind. And I just laid there and laid it all out to the Lord because scripture says, make your requests known to God. And so Mm. that's, it's our privilege. It's our privilege to take our concerns to our good heavenly father who A, knows them anyway, and B, Mm -hmm. wants to know what's on our hearts, longs for us to share that with him. And then he will take those burdens from us as we release them and 
fill us with his peace so we don't have to go through the day bogged down with all these anxious thoughts of all the things, all the heaviness, all the things that are bombarding us. Mm -hmm. Instead, we have that beautiful privilege of approaching him, not in perfection. It's not about our perfection. It's about his perfection. Yes. Dealt with it all at the cross. And so we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to try to pray perfect prayers. We don't have to try to be perfect people. We will fail. He was perfect on our behalf. And that takes all the pressure off while opening that invitation, opening that door to us. Yes. And our anxieties, our worries, our things that we struggle with, they do not separate us from him. I love that. I love that nothing separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. And especially if you struggle emotionally, you can think, oh, I, I handled that wrong. I said this, I shouldn't have done that. And then that guilt, that condemnation, even shame comes on. Yeah. But the truth is Jesus took our shame and we either believe that or we don't. We either accept it or we don't. And I want to re- accept that. And that's a hard thing to do, be, especially if you're accustomed to carrying guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but it comes down to trusting that the word is truth. Mm-hmm. And I want to align my heart with truth and not remain in all the baggage. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Right. Right. And so often, really, that's kind of surrendering is mm-hmm. it's it's opening our hands and it's surrendering yes. to God. And that is, I mean, it's hard because mm-hmm. the opposite of surrender is control. Like we want to control, don't we? Like yes. we really want to control. <laughs> yes, especially if you've got certain types of personality. <laughs> yes. yes. And I, I think we all struggle that with that, especially as women and moms. And yes. you watch your kids make unwise, unhealthy, even foolish decisions. And you've taught them differently. And there's nothing you can do. You just want to go, ah, Mm-hmm. Right. Or when marriage is hard and yeah. your spouse is making poor choices or, yeah. I mean, we want to, we want to move into that place of control. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and you know, there may be things that we need to do more assertively. There may be steps we need to take, but those need to be led by God's word. Yes. They need to be directed by God's word. And well, they do. And because unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And so I can come up with a whole list of ideas. I can come up with a whole list of, oh, let's do this. But a man's mind plans his way, but God orchestrates our path. And so if we are led by the spirit, we're not going to spend a lot of futile effort in doing things that he's not even part of. And so that's where the prayer covering, God, show me, God, lead me. I feel like I want to do this. Will you please bring my heart into alignment with yours? Will you please, as Proverbs says, cause my thoughts to become agreeable to your will so that my plans will be established and succeed. That's one of my favorite scriptures to pray. And so those things are all important because the reality is, we live, we live in reality. You know, we, we mm-hmm. live imperfect lives. We have imperfect marriages, imperfect children. We are not perfect, but dealing with a perfect God who's already, co- he covers all of that. And he, he grants us wisdom when we ask him. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. He does. And sometimes, though, one of the things that happens is we think he's going to give us wisdom mm-hmm. that looks a certain way. Yes. And and we're like, he's not answering my prayer. And the whole time he actually is because mm-hmm. we're expecting it to look like A, but it's being delivered like B. Yes. And we're missing it because we're like, well, he's not doing A. He's not doing A. He's not doing A. <laughs> it <laughs> doesn't look the way we think or uh-uh. want. Uh-uh. It does not. Yes. But you know, you know what? Have you, have you lived through that, Jill, where you didn't get what you wanted? And then in hindsight, maybe six months, six weeks, six months later, a year later, you look back and you think, thank God. Thank that God he did not answer it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's yes. protection in that. <laughs> He, there protects he, us. he sees the big picture. He sees the long term. We want immediate relief. And he says, I can do all. Remember, you can do all things through Christ. I have a better plan. This is the way. Trust me, trust me, trust me. And so that's ultimately what it comes down to. Do we yeah. trust him? Do we trust him? Yes. You know, I often think of like God is, he has the perspective of somebody who would be watching a parade on the 30th floor of a high rise Mm. and he can see the whole parade, like our life, our life. And even before our life and after our life is all like a parade and he can see the whole thing. You and I are marching in the parade and we can't see it. We can't see anything. We got banners in front of us. We've got a float behind us. (laughs) Exactly. And so what we have to do is when we pray and it doesn't get answered in the time or the way, we have Mm -hmm. to trust that he is on that 30th floor and he can see the whole picture. And and the the things that we have no ability to see, we -hmm. can trust that he can. Yeah. And that goes back to what you said at the beginning, knowing that he's a good and a loving heavenly father, Mm -hmm. and we can trust him to orchestrate all the details that so concern us, the legitimate concerns that we have, um, really painful concerns that we have. We can trust that he is kind and that he is faithful and that he sees the big picture and that he loves us with an everlasting love. And we know those things and experience them. It makes it so much easier to trust him. Yes, it does. It does. One of the things you say is that a critical mistake many people make in their prayer lives is neglecting to pray for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so talk about that a little bit, because I think mm-hmm. we feel like that's selfish. Yeah. What What are you talking about there? Well, you know, I met somebody probably 10 years ago in women's ministry. You would know her name if I told you. And she was actually taught in her church denomination that it was selfish to pray for yourself. But I can tell you this, King David in the Psalms prayed for himself. Mm -hmm. Our Lord Jesus Christ prayed for himself. himself. He did. Those are two very crucial examples. The apostle Paul prayed for himself. And so I, it it comes down to this as women, we are nurturers and caretakers, right? Mm -hmm. We are front burner prayer women is what I like to call it. We pray for whatever's boiling over at the moment. And there is always something boiling over in our lives and we back burner ourselves. Mm. And so that can mean we back burner ourselves 
um, physically like, oh, I'll get to that shower later. Oh, I'll just have the rest of this sandwich instead of making myself a lunch. Or it can mean we backburn ourselves spiritually. And so um, that's that's not the way it's supposed to be. And that's not what God wants. And so right around that same time that that woman told me that she was taught it was selfish to pray for herself, I was developing the idea of a book uh, that turned out to be Prayers for a Woman's Soul. And I was on a flight. And when I was on that flight, um, the flight attendant said, you know, they're going through their spiel. And she said, if the oxygen masks drop, put it on yourself first before helping your children. And I thought I would have immediately helped my children. Mm-hmm. And by then I might've passed out. And so God really started talking to me about praying for myself at that time. At that time, my marriage, oh gosh, it was just in a really bad place. And I, because of that, I was in a bad place. And the Lord said to me, if you don't start to pray for yourself, you aren't going to survive. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then so I learned how to pray for myself. I learned scripture. I learned that praying for ourselves is not selfish. It's, it's absolutely vital. It is spiritually crucial that mm-hmm. as women and caretakers and nurturers who multitask on different levels all throughout our days and our weeks and our months and our years and different seasons, it's critical that we pray for ourselves. Yes. Yes. I would absolutely agree. And I love that, you know, this, the examples in scripture that they really refute that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Well, Julie, you know that uh, your book Pro- prayers to calm your anxious heart has really touched my son's heart uh, and uh, deals with a lot of anxiety. And you did not write that book for men. You wrote it for women. (laughs) (laughs) I did because that's my typical audience, but it blesses my socks off to know that your precious son grabbed it and has run with it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. He has, he absolutely has. And you know, this is my son that struggles with a lot of anxiety and he's been in and out of, he's often in and out of the hospital for mental health issues. And Mm -hmm. he was at my house the day that that arrived. Uh, It arrived in my, in my mailbox and I, he looked at it and he said, Oh, this looks really good. And I mean, he was looking at the words. He wasn't looking at the design on the front that was obviously not male, you know? And uh, I said, well, would you like it? And he took that and I'm telling you, he carries it with him everywhere he goes. He does. I recently had to take him to the hospital and he and I were sitting in the waiting room and he Mm -hmm. pulled it, he pulled it out. So um, I, I tell you what, for those of you that are listening, I just want to encourage you um, to pick up uh, Julie's book, Prayers to Calm Your Anxious Heart, if anxiety is something that you do struggle with, um, because I know it has made a difference for my Nikolai. And, um, I just, I really want to encourage you to, to get a copy of it. Um, Julie, where can people find you online? Um, I'm at Julie Gillis, J-U-L-I-E-G-I-L-L-I-E-S.com. My books are available wherever books are sold. 
Um, you can actually read the first chapter of each one of my books for free uh, if you go to the free resources tab on my website. I'm just so tickled that Nikolai loved the book. And I want to say, for those who struggle with anxiety, I talk to a lot of people who wrestle and struggle with anxiety as I develop the idea for this book. And I, the devotionals are scripture-based. Mm-hmm. They're kept brief intentionally because I was told by many people who wrestle with this on a daily basis that it's hard to focus. And so the scriptures are are intentionally brief and then the prayers are scripture-based as well. So um, thank you for that, Jill. Yeah. Absolutely. And you have something free on your website. It's called Five Days of Heart Calming Prayer, right? Yes, ma'am. Yep. And they'll get to read five chapters of the book if they sign up for that as well. Okay. So we'll make sure and put links to all of that in the show notes. Um, Thank you for offering that. And I, I know that that'll bless. That will definitely bless people. Julie, would you be willing to pray and just close us out for those that are struggling with anxiety? They long to know that peace Mm -hmm. that, um, that God brings. Um, Would you just close us out in prayer? Yes, absolutely. Father, we love you. And we thank you, God, that you are the everlasting God, that you know the number of hairs on our head and you know all that concerns us and all Mm -hmm. that turns in our hearts, Lord. And so, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus for supernatural peace for each one of us as we lift these burdens that you never intended us to carry, If as we lift them to you and release them to you. Lord God, Mm -hmm. would you please take the things that overwhelm us, that hurt us, that cause confusion, Lord. We lift them to you and we pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you will flood our hearts with your Mm -hmm. supernatural peace, that you will give us great grace to seek you daily, that you will fill us with a yearning for your word, Lord God, and that you will be with us and guide us um, and protect us, Lord, as we walk on this earth as these trials and tribulations hit us, Lord, help us to remember that we are never alone, God. You are Emmanuel, God, with us. We are so grateful for that, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God, for touching our hearts as only you can. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free eBooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.